live NHL show Monday through Friday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Today is February 28th. We are three days away now from the trade deadline, and uh, it feels like we may get a quiet trade deadline this year, Matt. We're seeing a lot of guys being moved already and a lot of the bigger names on the board being moved already. Wait, hang on a sec, Zach. This this isn't the mini putt live stream? No, actually, though. Are we not uh, talking mini putt today? (laughs) If you are looking for mini putt talk, there is a live stream later today, 6.30 p.m. Eastern time, actually beginning at 6.20 as the first putt goes off at 6.30 with Rob Pozzola on the Hammer HQ YouTube channel. So you can head over there and check that out. Watch it along with Rob as they go through. Watch the uh, watch the final putters uh, tee off, putt off. I'm not really sure what the uh, word would be to use there, yeah, but they're, if they're you're looking for They're yet to use that... a tee, I think, when, when it comes <laughs> yeah. to mini putting. I don't know what kind of mini putting you're playing, Zach. But uh, you're better. You're a better host and producer than you are uh, a, a mini putt aficionado. If you're firing <laughs> off the promo, off an off the cuff joke that I just made right there. But uh, no, I guess we can talk some hockey. And yeah, man, trade deadline. Let's get what uh, ten hours of uh, interrupted coverage on Friday on multiple networks, just so that a third rounder can go for a fourth defenseman. <laughs> that's uh, that's going to be some thrill a minute type stuff. Between that and the NFL Combine this week. It is just like hardo Thanksgiving, and uh, I'm, I'm listen. I'm the type of hardo who's more interested in uh, 11th tier college basketball tournaments, so I can't really point any fingers at anybody necessarily. But uh, yeah, this is definitely hardo week if there ever was one, which of course is why you have to have me on solo on a Tuesday <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> to talk about this stuff. Yeah, I don't know who's left. Who's left to get traded? You know, yeah. God's gift to hockey, Timo Meyer is, you know, on the move. And, and Todd's so excited that he, he had to take the day off or the week off. Not entirely sure what he's doing, but I can't involve pants at this point, given that uh, <laughs> no. Timo Meyer is the devil. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, look, uh, when I was younger, there was one thing I knew I was watching Trade Deadline every year, and it was something... Uh, you're following it at school, you get home from school, you get to watch the end of it. And uh, for me, growing up, you realize how torturous trade deadline day is in the NHL because uh, it's not quite like the NBA where trades are just flying off the walls. And even when trades are happening, as you kind of said, you're getting a third liner, fourth liner for a fourth, fifth round pick. And you're kind of sitting there like, yes, a trade, but it's it's nothing. Um, and then you get, but I got excited during those years because even if some of the big trades happen already or some of the big trades don't go down, you still have the anticipation of these things might happen. Sure. But then you get like one mixed in there. You get like a big trade of like Thomas Vanek is traded for 10 picks and you're like, <laughs> all, right, all right, you know what? Like at least we got to see some movement. This year I'm sitting here and it was always something, no matter how much I saw the torture on TV, I sat there and was like, one day like I want to do a trade deadline panel. And this year for the first time we're going to do that. Uh, with the Hammer HQ, on the Hammer HQ, we're going to have all the hockey guys rotate through. So I'm sure at some point you'll probably pop in there and talk some of the trades. But like I'm hosting and I'm realizing this might be the first year that it actually is truly torturous to sit into a trade deadline panel. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, what is it? Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? Like it depends. Again, hard donation, right? Like if you're that excited about some of the trades that have happened in years past on deadline day, if we could get to the point where they move the deadline up, but they also put like some sort of moratorium on trades like they do around Christmas, where you forced all the trades that have happened to all sort of happen within kind of a 36 
hour period, now you've right. got something, right? Because if Bo Horvat gets traded on the same day that Timo Meyer gets traded, on the same day that uh, Vladimir Tarasenko and Ryan O'Reilly get traded, like now we got a television show. Now we got 10 hours of programming <laughs> that we can really get behind. But yeah, like we've kind of run it dry. I don't know who's on the top of the board as like the, the best available out there, but like, you know, it's it's a tough scene. Not, like people are probably going to be tuning in to mini putt uh, live live streaming. Well, I hope that they are, and if they are, they better be doing it on the Hammer HQ YouTube channel with Rob Pozzola <laughs> later today at 6.20 p.m., so you want to check that out live watch-along for the World Putt League finals uh, as they finish off the Hawaiian Rumble in Myrtle Beach down there. You know, Matt, I think people are calling that the uh, mini-putt capital of the world these days, so it's, it's the hot spot for putting. It's yeah, the hot spot you, you for can't putting. rumble in the form of mini-putt without doing it at Myrtle Beach <laughs> and have it be sponsored by Hawaii, which, okay. <clears throat> That's correct. Yes, it, it must be. Yeah, but they, it did throw me off a little bit, the Hawaiian rumble in Myrtle Beach, but it is what it is. I think uh, I think it works. And uh, yesterday we saw some inc- exciting competition. So hopefully people will check that out today with Rob. Uh, but let's get into the games for today. We do have a lot of games on the schedule. We've got a bunch of games. We've got bets in as well as games that we're looking at as potential bets in. So we'll start with the ones that you for sure know that you do have bets in. The ones that you're, you've placed, you're going to place at some point today. And then we'll get into the ones that we're going to be looking at. And maybe we're waiting on some type of news, whether it's goalie confirmations, injuries, or uh, guys sitting for trade related reasons but we'll get into all those we'll start here with the detroit ottawa game they played each other last night we see ottawa win that one six to two over the red wings uh unfortunate for us here on the edgework show is we did have detroit money line yesterday in that game uh but still in ottawa playing again here tonight this ottawa team um six three and one in their last 10 they're on a two-game win streak did just beat detroit last night whereas detroit on the other hand two-game losing streak they are three points out of the playoffs as it stands right now two points back of buffalo who's not in a playoff spot but three points back of pittsburgh holding on to the last wild card they have the same number of games played detroit is looking to do anything and everything they can to grab points here they look at that they're going to look at that game last night against ottawa as a missed opportunity it's a team lower in the standings a team that maybe not you should beat but you can beat Uh, and you're looking at a spot here where you go back to back against them in ottawa again but matt you think maybe we see a a change here for detroit or can ottawa use this home ice and and the back-to-back to their advantage to take it to them yeah i think this is a really interesting game just from a conceptual betting standpoint so unlike the guys um yesterday i was on the senators last night and so when i watch that game i'm you know i i flip over it's 2-2 and you know you look at all the sort of metric numbers and the obviously the old school shot clock and you're like ottawa's hammering this team and then Ottawa just keep, you know, starts firing some in some goals. And you're like, yeah, okay, finally, we're actually getting an appropriate score line for what the, you know, certainly what the shot clock uh, indicated. And, yeah. you know, we'll probably see different goaltenders tonight. And like, there definitely could be, you know, obviously some, a different quote unquote vibe to this game. And Detroit could come out with a little bit more energy and all of that sort of thing. And so this isn't about betting on the Senators in this weird second half of a home and still at home because <laughs> they were dominant last night. I bet them last night. So right. if I bet them last night and nothing that happened last night sort of dissuade me in any way, it's not like the, you know, uh, that game was stolen by Talbot in net or anything like that. 
uh, I'm going to just kind of go back to the well and kind of trust that, yeah, okay, like last night we got the win because, you know, again, my numbers suggested that Ottawa had some value at minus 130. The uh, money line hasn't been adjusted, nor necessarily would I ever make the case that it should be because in a lot of cases, whether it's football, basketball, or hockey, you know, we don't, <laughs> we certainly don't get the opportunity, you know, never in football, but very rarely in hockey, at least not until the playoffs, to see the exact same matchup, right? We'll get obviously games yeah. one and twos and threes and fours and that sort of thing in the playoffs, but we don't get this very often. I honestly thought when I, when it's sort of writing these games out um, for the article or that I do on a biweekly basis, I was like, did I, did I screw this up? Why is, why is Detroit, like, are, are they not playing a home and home? Like, wh why Detroit and Ottawa back to back? You know, why has that happened yeah. necessarily? So we don't get the situation very often. And if I hadn't had a play last night, I probably wouldn't have a play on it tonight just based off of the one game. But I had the play last night. And so, yeah, I'm getting a second chance to make that bet. Now, again, the problem is the way betting works, certainly when you're betting a favorite, I can go one and one and I'll still end up losing you know, <laughs> money overall because of the minus 130 issue. So the problem is I need the Senators to win both these games in order for this sort of gambit if you will to be profitable but i'm willing to take the chance on that uh with the senators and again i know we're probably looking at backup goaltending situation with ottawa but it's not like talbot was particularly good yesterday he i think his you know save percentage is like 91 percent something along those lines so with it by no means was he stealing it so yeah give me the senators here uh, i can see how there'd be sort of market interest in the red wings again on the sort of revenge angle standpoint Again, with a worse goaltender for the Senators. So again, I'm not all that surprised that I'm actually getting a better price today than I was yesterday. But you know, again, every game is in and of itself. And so I'm going to take the Senators here again at minus. Uh, I think there was some minus 123s out there. But minus 130 or yeah. better is uh, is worth the play. Yeah, this is a really weird spot. I, I did the same process as you when I was looking at the uh, schedule on this one. I pull up for today and like, wait, this must be wrong. Like Ottawa's at home again. <laughs> yeah. It's rarely you see the home and stay at home yeah. uh, situation, especially in a back-to-back. -back. Maybe if there was a day in between, we've seen teams And do not that a before, particularly but... long flight. So it's not like they yeah. hauled it across country and are like, let's get two in while we're here. It's just, yeah, it's just shooting up to Ottawa for a pair. Honestly, it yeah. probably should happen more in the NHL when it comes to, you know, uh, inter-conference games, right? But maybe this is uh, some sort of experimental type thing, and they just threw the Red Wings and the Senators into the into the metaphorical fire. <laughs> yeah, well, you want to create rivalries, and they've talked about that. Okay, play against your conference, your division, more and more games against them, and it'll fire up a rivalry. But you really want to get a rivalry going, get the same team to play against each other back-to-back -back in the same building, and then you're going to get fans hating each other, fans hating players. It'll it'll build up that way if you get that going. So maybe this is a good experiment for the future, see what we got out of these guys. Can we get some penalty props? Is there some penalty minute <laughs> yeah. props we can get into? You know what I mean? Like second some game props. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, total penalty minutes. An over 25 and a half penalty minutes. I'd hit I would hit that just for fun. Will there point. be a fight? Yes, no. Hit right? Brady like Kachuk is gonna be up to something, like <laughs> either sort of instigating or retaliating or or being the target of something. Yeah, I think there could be some a kerfuffle or two in this well, game. Austin Watson, maybe, maybe he's trying to show out before the trade deadline. Maybe he's looking for a way out, a team to come and grab him and show what you can do with your uh, fighting ability. More maybe so the Sens are a little high on their horse after a big win, and Austin Watson has to come in and get the crowd jump started because, uh, <laughs> and the and the team jump started because they're feeling a little too uh, high on the hog. We had horses yeah. and hogs there. I don't know why we had multiple animals, but we did. <laughs> 
yeah, it's a farm going on out in Ottawa tonight. <laughs> this might be a barn burner. <laughs> well, <laughs> listen, weird. where that arena is, there's plenty of farm animals uh, around there. So it maybe is appropriate. <laughs> Fair enough. And uh, Nebraska knows uh, some stuff pointing out this makes it okay, for a snow game. So there you go. That that would make sense. And clearly uh, Nebraska does know some stuff uh, pointing that out in the chat there. Um, but I'm interested in this next one. It is a game that I know you have a bet in. Uh, Boston here is coming off the back-to-back. -back. Now they did beat the Oilers last night 3-2 in regulation. But traveling to Calgary to take on the Flames. And the Flames are a team that... Uh, Looking for an identity at this point in time. They're kind of sitting here, not really sure what they are. I, I'm a little bit surprised we didn't see a coaching change, bringing, taking Sutter out. You know, it's not uncommon in this business that a, a coach of that stature, of that nature, kind of can push themselves out of a locker room. And it's uh, pretty talked about in terms of if things aren't going well with the team like that, with a coach like that, it becomes miserable and it can be hard to get yourself out of it. But when things are going well, you can kind of see the opposite end like we did last year with this Calgary team. Sutter comes in, he looks really good, uh, makes the team look really good. They're having a lot of fun because they're winning and getting a ton of points. Now we're seeing the flip side of that this year and Calgary is paying for it. They're sitting four points back of Seattle. They've got one more game played than them. Three, four, and three in their last ten. They're on a two-game losing streak. Not that great at home, just above five hundred at fifteen, eleven, and two. And now you're going to face off against a Boston team here, who I really don't think that a back-to-back -back matters too much to Boston. It will yeah. impact them a, a, us a little bit. It's natural that over the course of a season you play these, you're going to tire out. But you get the three-two win and reg over Edmonton last night. You're eight and two in your last ten, seven-game win streak. And you are incredible on the road, 22-6-2. But, Matt, you think this might be a spot here where Calgary could try to or could find a way to get right and uh, snap this Bruins, Bruins win streak that they've been on? Yeah, I mean, think is probably not the right, the, the right uh, word. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Because there's absolutely no fun in betting against the Boston Bruins. But, yeah, that is what I'm going to do tonight. And, I mean, what could possibly go wrong? It's not like they ever actually lose games. Um <laughs> I watched that game last night because I was on the Oilers in that game last night. So, um, yeah, this should be a, a real fun Alberta experience when it comes Matt, to I got to poke you a little bit and just let you know, you were on the Sens and we were on Detroit and, and Detroit lost. Uh -huh. We were on the Bruins in reg last night. So. Okay, there you go. Well, Balance so, out. <laughs> so, <laughs> Balance yeah, out. Oh, absolutely. Listen, I went two and two last night. I managed to win with the Vancouver Canucks, which is even in a victory is an absolute horrendous experience from top to bottom, right? <laughs> By far the worst team to pay attention to um, at this point. But we're getting off the rails here a little bit. Uh, as for this game tonight, you know, Boston played Swayman last night. Does it really matter whether Swayman or Almark uh, is in net? You know, obviously Almark is the Vesna candidate, but honestly, part of that might just be opportunity at this point, right? Like he got, he yeah. was sort of the first guy in the chair to get the sort of number one guy minutes. And obviously he grabbed that ball and he ran with it. Who knows what would have happened if Boston was a little bit more invested in Swayman at the start of the season, right? Basically, both goaltenders, very, very good. Basically, the entire team, very, very good. But last night's game was a pretty evenly matched game. From an expected goals, high danger chance, even strength standpoint. Zach, you know I love the even strength metrics when it comes to trying to measure the quality of a team for, you know, long uh, you know, long term, and of course, yeah. in one game. And if you watch that game, that game's two two. There's about a minute to go in the second period, and 
I give them credit because this is the exact type of goal that the Boston Bruins score, right? That goal where it doesn't seem like it's a real significant play, but they're willing to go the extra mile and dive like over a defenseman, like <laughs> contorting your body around a defenseman to whack at a puck that you're probably not going to be the first one to. And in this case, Stuart Skinner was the first one to the puck, the goaltender for the Oilers. He hits the puck directly off of Pavel Zaka's stick, who's just kind of wildly swinging towards the, the puck. You know, he doesn't actually hit the puck until Skinner hits the puck first. And the puck shoots at, like, a crazy angle over the shoulder of Skinner and under the bar. And you're sitting there just going, like, man, we were this close to getting this to the third period. Connor McDavid's feeling it. He's got 50 goals. He's got two tonight. You know, let's see what happens here in the third period. And then this kind of wacky goal that is almost entirely on effort by the Boston Bruins. Like you have to give them that, but it also has an incredible amount of luck for this puck to go exactly in the like one inch space between shoulder. You know, there's like an, an angle going, we got an isosceles situation or an acute, I don't know. It's been a while for me and it somehow ends up under the bar and it's three, two going into the third and the final score ends up being three, two. And that's your game winning goal. And that's, hockey right like play it close play a close game and then just work a little bit harder than the other team and take advantage of your bounces right but it isn't the situation where it's like oh man like this team's a juggernaut look at them just run over teams every night blah 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 blah. so yeah like you mentioned like if there was ever a team that it doesn't matter about back to back and i talk about if there was ever if there was ever a team that it doesn't matter if it's their backup goaltender or honestly you know they could lose half the team and i honestly would think that they were probably going to put up a pretty strong effort on a night to night basis but I do have to factor in back-to-back because they aren't yeah. – they are still human beings, right? So I have to still factor in back-to-back, especially in a sort of hard-fought game last night. So that goes into the mix when it comes to, you know, finding a price that I'm willing to pay on one side or another. Then you mentioned the Calgary thing when it comes to Sutter. And it's like, yeah, they have – the reason they haven't fired Sutter is because they have more respect for him than the Canucks management, for example, had for Bruce Boudreaux. <laughs> or any other organization would have for a guy who's respected in the organization. Now the flames have had coaches before who were not respected in the organization. And like, they couldn't kick those guys out sort of fast enough or with less sort of regard. So they're not going to fire him. Certainly not with this much time left in the season. And honestly, they'll let the season play out. And if it doesn't go particularly well, maybe Sutter blames the fact that they had turnover at the, at the top of their lineup, or maybe they just fire him in the off season. So it's not going to happen. But we've had situations where we have talked on this podcast about Calgary kind of getting a kick in the pants, right? Where they, they can bring it for a game or two, whether it's because they lost to an inferior team a couple of days yeah. earlier. You know, I think right before the All-Star break, we had one of those situations. This, to me, is a kitchen sink, everybody into the pool type of a deal here for the Flames. Now, it didn't go particularly well when we were all on the Flames on Saturday thinking that they might be able to get get a key win here. And honestly, if you were you know betting on the Flames that night, you probably weren't all that thrilled with the result and probably aren't all that anxious to try them against the Boston Bruins tonight. That being said, the numbers are the numbers. We're talking about plus 115 here at this point. That gives me about a 4% edge and something that I just got to do. And I can sort of talk myself into this as I just have for the last couple of minutes. And, you know, again, I'm not going to say that, oh, if the Flames don't win this game, like never betting them again. Because it's like, yeah, you lost to the Boston Bruins. Like join the club at this point. So, yeah, it's a, for me, it's, it's Flames here. Plus 115, 
probably not willing to go all that much lower than that. 110, I would sort of say, would be the sort of stopping point there. As you can see, that there's a handful of plus 110s available. And honestly, if you wanted to pass on that, I wouldn't blame you at all. But as you know, this is, you know, I was out sick last week. You know, Todd's, uh, for all the jokes you made, Todd's out sick last week. But one of the reasons I was out, I, I didn't come on the show. One was I was basically on my deathbed and literally like passed out before the show could have even started. And I didn't want to be hammering on the mute button for uh, for a half hour straight. I'm trying to talk with you guys. But the other thing was I looked at, on, at, my, at my board on Tuesday. I was like, is there, is there anything everybody's dying to have? Is there any play here that anybody's dying to hear from me about? And the one bet that I liked was the Blackhawks, like plus 240 at home last Tuesday night. I'm like, do I need to shoehorn my way into this show to give out the Blackhawks at plus 240? And the answer to that was like, ah, I don't really feel like I do need to like just elbow my way in to talk about the Blackhawks. Now, sure enough, the Blackhawks actually won that game. And so we missed out on yeah. that. But the point is, is like there are certain games that I understand I don't expect anybody to be like, yeah, let's light up some torches and fo and fo <laughs> and follow Matt right into the into the wars here, right? Like, I, I get it, you know, fading the Bruins, backing the Blackhawks, or some of these creepo teams that I that I bet every single night, like the Canucks last night, aren't any fun. But honestly, that's a lot of time. That's where the wins are. Yeah, and there you go, Aaron Lappin saying, "Would never put my money on this Flames team." <laughs> totally fair. <laughs> Totally, but it's also a you know essentially a pick'em game for a reason, right? Like mine, you know, yep. it's minus one thirty plus one fifteen. Like that, you know, whether you think it's a fifty percent you know probability here, like I have it slightly better than fifty percent. Again, most of that's built in on the back-to-back -back element and Calgary being a lot rested. You can you know start telling stories about desperation, all of that, if you want to. But if there's a you know if I think it's fifty percent and the market says it's forty-six percent, you're gonna make that bet. But by the way, the market only thinks it's forty-six percent. You know, or, or yeah. you know, it gives them a 46 out of 100 chance. That's not nothing, obviously. So yep. there's a chance. And you're telling me there's a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. Uh, and Todd saying, Matt, I think I caught your illness through the computer screen last week. So hopefully you feel Very better, possible. Todd. Uh, unfortunate there but a few more games we'll look at here tonight a couple that are piquing your interest uh one of them would be with a team who is now kind of sitting on the outside looking in more than they have been over the last couple of weeks and it's interesting because we've had the conversation with them about what do you do ahead of the trade deadline here are you in are you out david poyle had kind of gone on record and said well we're gonna look at the next week and see what happens and despite them being on a three-game win streak they find themselves a little bit even further out of a playoff spot at this point and uh, now you've moved on from nino nito rider you kind of made your bet a little bit here of what's going to happen we might be looking at uh uh, Fabro trade, maybe a McDonough, something like that to shock the world. Matias Ekholm on their way out the door. But the Nashville team now six points out of the playoffs, six and four in their last 10, facing off against a Pittsburgh team who's essentially hanging on for dear life right now. Second in the wilds card, one point up on Buffalo. They've got one more game played to them, two points back of the Islanders, four games in hand on the Islanders. So still a lot of movement we could see in the East. But, Matt, if you're looking at this game tonight, uh, you're looking at the Penguins who are likely to make some moves, maybe just small pieces ahead of the deadline, but still try to do something against a Nashville team who they're not completely out of it, but at this point you're probably getting close to waving the right white flag out there in uh, 
in Nashville. How do you break this one down? Yeah, so it, there's a couple of different moving pieces here. One is the fact that Johansson and Forsberg out of the lineup, and you're trying to sort of adjust your numbers to make up for those guys being gone. Now, those guys end up you know, co- coming out of the lineup here due to injury, and then they get this really weak portion of their schedule, and they win these last three games, as you mentioned, right? And it's like, oh, if we could have just played like Boston a bunch of times, lost those games, and then stripped this thing down for parts you know, that would have been kind of probably the better option for Nashville. But they end up getting a few points, obviously six points in those three games. And now they get a better team, but now they're at home. And I'm no Pittsburgh fan here, right? I get what Pittsburgh is conceptually, right? It's clinging to existence here of the Sidney Crosby era, which, yeah. you know, by all accounts has gone very well. And like, you were never going it's to break success. this. It's been, it's been successful. So you were never going to just sort of like, you know, the idea of like, oh, let's trade Sidney Crosby and like start fresh. Like, no, this is going to be sort of black hockey in where you're going to just be like, yeah, we're going to just ride this out Taves and Kane style with Malkin and Crosby. And we're going to try to keep putting pieces together around these guys to be honestly just a playoff team. And so whether it's, you know, coughing up that playoff series to the Rangers last year where they had absolutely no business doing that or just being kind of mediocre this season. I'm leaning towards Nashville here. And I know this whole lean thing doesn't really do anybody any good. You fire up the old numbers here. My number's plus 120 for the Predators. That's the number I want to bet here. And then we got some time. And maybe as people, you know, as the market sort of weighs in here on the Penguins and, and gets sort of conceptually excited about what they might do, or honestly, maybe there's a trade at, you know, some another player coming out of Nashville. I don't know. So this is more of just kind of keep an eye on this. If you're dying to bet this game, Plus 120 is the number I want for the Predators. This is, uh, you know, you'll be hard pressed to find me betting on the Penguins probably from here until the rest of the season because just on a nightly basis, they seem, you know, percentage points overrated. Yeah, and uh, so that there'll be a lean there. Uh, we're looking at uh, for a plus 120 for Nashville tonight. So keep your eyes on that. If you want to keep your eyes on all the odds across all the different sports books, you can do that on the BetStamp app, which you can find in iOS and Android. You can also go on there in the Find Better section and find us as Edgework HQ. You can track all the progress we've made this year, all the bets that have been in place, the futures that have been in place. It's all there so you can see how we're doing, see how we've done each day and what bets we're tracking and what bets we're placing. Uh, but insight also bringing up here, which I forgot to even mention, is Tanner Janot traded from Nashville as well to Tampa. Um, so yeah, there you go. Like even more pieces out of Nashville. But yeah, I, I would agree with you in terms of what we might see out of this team and kind of where this Pittsburgh team is at, just clinging on for dear life. And now you're in a spot where Nashville is at home, uh, 16-10-3 at home. So, you know, it's not a bad spot to back them. And if you can get them at the number you're looking for, then probably feel pretty comfortable with that but uh well, let's look at uh, the seattle st louis game here tonight uh your coach of the year candidate your your guy dave haxtell <laughs> heading on the road to take on the st louis blues tonight and uh you're looking at st louis here yes they've now moved on from a bunch of their big pieces most of their heavy lifting ahead of this deadline is likely done now but you still got some controversy going on there. You get Bennington, which you don't really know what to expect on a nightly basis. Uh, so it kind of puts the team in a weird rotating situation. Then you also have Barube, who's calling out star players on the team, saying they're not uh, they're not into it. They're not passionate enough, essentially, about what's going on in the game. And uh, St. Louis now five game losing streak. They're seven points behind this Nashville team that we've just talked about. 
and uh, Seattle now holding on to second, uh, the second West wild card spot, one point back of Winnipeg, a game in hand on them, but four points up on the Calgary Flames. They desperately need to turn this three-game losing streak around and find a way to get some points here. Uh, but despite that, despite the desperation, despite your coach of the year candidate, you're looking at St. Louis tonight against Seattle? Yeah, and I think this marks, and I don't know if there's a cake coming in at any point, but this marks the two-month anniversary of the uh, Dave Haxtall 28-1 to uh, bet. And we've had quite the ride because, unfortunately, with a handful of losses here and them falling out of uh, you know, first place, you know, I think they had some, a cameo appearance at least at first, in first place, the uh, uh, Dave Haxtall train is uh, a little bit derailed right now, and he has kind of fallen... <laughs> Um, back, I think, pretty close to 25 to 1. So we had a fun ride as he got up to the second choice for Coach of the Year. And that's the problem, right? This has gotten a little derailed. We've got three straight losses here for the Kraken, and they're still, you know, we have them, the, the rating caught up at the same time at, as Hackstall moving up from 28 to 1 to like 7 to 1 for Coach of the Year. The rating moved up, and now it's kind of just sitting here. Problem is, the play over the last couple of weeks has dipped back down. And so now it's sort of a crack and fade type situation here. Now, yeah, a lot going on with St. Louis, but St. Louis does win games occasionally. When they had uh, Ryan O'Reilly and Vladimir Tarasenko, they weren't winning games anyway. And when those guys got injured for a period of time, I believe it was the start of January, though at this point all the months kind of go yeah, together. together. Point, um, <laughs> when those guys were out, their market wasn't making a drastic change for when those guys... Um, weren't in the lineup so this is obviously a, something of a youth movement i think that's part of the idea of just kind of berating the the veterans if you will uh but you're getting plus 140 against a seattle kraken team who's reeling right now and if you know as much as i want the kraken to you know pull themselves up by their boots here uh get the division and get Haxtell back in the mix here for the jack adams we're talking about this game right now tonight, and we're talking about a plus 140 price at high, as high in the market here. Um, I would still play this at 130, so even if you can't get the plus 140, uh, it's certainly a play on the Blues. Again, you know, when it's <laughs> uh, Tuesday, always the most uncomfortable day of the week, right? We don't really always know what's going on with Tuesdays in general in our lives. We certainly <laughs> don't know what's going to happen when I come on the show on Tuesdays, but it usually means uncomfortable no, no, bets. No. I, I know what it means. It means two things. It means we're looking at the San Jose Sharks and the LA Kings. That's what it means. That's what it, that's a my indicator of what's well, going on. Well, a, a little a little birdie who may have be out sick today uh, mentioned that you guys, um, in honor of me or in general suggestion of uh, my existence, were on the Kings last Tuesday, and I am right. here to tell you I was not on the Kings. You guys were on your own on a Kings Tuesday. The Kings rating is appropriate. It is back to where it needs to be, or sort of, you know, at least it got back to where it needs to be. Um, that being said, getting pretty close. You know, when, when people talk about leans, right? Like in the in the industry, they talk about leans as in like, well, they might bet this, and it doesn't. It's not price dependent. They're just thinking about bet it. So like, when they win, they can sort of take credit for the lean, and when they lose, oh, it's just a lean. I never would have bet it. When I talk yeah, about leans, yeah. I'm talking about like pricing. Like, like I'm not the one leaning. The price is the one leaning. That if yes. I can just get a couple extra cents on this thing, I, I I would do it. And so the Kings, along with uh, what was the last one that we had there? Well, Blue certain. Oh, the Predators. Um, Kings fall into that same category where if you fire up the uh, the app here, we can find out what the best price is. Uh, 
do we have anything in the plus 125s? We do not, right? So we're looking no. at plus 120 right now. I know Pinnacle had it at plus 123 earlier this morning. So I was hoping we'd go two cents up. Instead, it went three cents down. And here we are still leaning. Plenty of time until puck drop. Uh, plus 125 is my number for the Kings here against the Jets. The only thing, and this is a bit narrative street or however you want to sort of put it. Obviously, uh, Jets um, trucked on Sunday. Uh, you know, I never like to sort of fade the team who just got hammered, uh, you know, a couple of nights earlier, especially if there was a backup goaltender situation, right? So we could blame David Riddick for that. And then obviously, I expect, obviously, Connor Hellebuck uh, to play tonight. So that's where I'm sort of less, I'm certainly not excited to bet on the Kings, really ever, but certainly uh, not tonight. So uh, worth talking about just from a concept standpoint, but probably a game better left uh, on the scrap heap. Yeah, so we'll leave that one to the side. It's uh, it's unfortunate we got to have the LA Kings pass us by here. And uh, I bet the Kings on a Tuesday, show. like three weeks in a row back in November, and all of a sudden, King, and then they stopped playing on Tuesdays. So I didn't even yeah. have the opportunity to be associated with the Kings on a Tuesday. But that narrative just started building, and all of a guy, I, I miss one week, and you guys are throwing money around on the Kings <laughs> on a Tuesday, and I'm sitting here going like, "What? Who told you to do that? I was on the Blackhawks, and I thought that was a terrible idea." And so, you know, um, best of luck to anybody just riding King's Tuesdays right down into oblivion because we did it like three weeks in a row uh, in December. Yeah, and here you go. Uh, insight saying Phoenix Copley confirmed there tonight for... Uh, yeah, Kings, I mean, but... you could na- you could take any city along with, uh, you know, a menswear company and throw those together <laughs> and put them in net for the Kings. And honestly, it's we're not betting on the Kings for their goaltending one way or another, right? So... It could yeah. be Tucson Levi's uh, in that tonight. If, if That's a good of... name, actually. Uh, honestly, the, he's probably the fifth pick in the draft coming up based on some of the names that you guys throw out on a regular basis when when you guys are bird-dogging the reverse standings uh, every week. So, um, yeah, Tucson Levi's is... Uh, I think he's actually a Latvian defenseman who uh, showed some promise at the uh, World Junior Championships last summer. I thought Tucson Levi's was a uh, walk-on at Northern Kentucky football as the backup quarterback position. It kind of sounds it, like maybe starting point guard for Bowling Green. You can catch him at the <laughs> MAC tournament starting this week. There you go. There you it's go. worth a half point to the point spread. <laughs> All right. Uh, um, uh, I, I want to ask your opinion before we get out of here on uh, on what's going on with Buffalo tonight, uh, yeah. where you might look at with them. You're looking at a spot where you kind of got uh, Rasmus Dahlin, who might be out tonight. Uh, what would that kind of make you look towards as they face off against the Columbus Blue Jackets? Would it be player props? Would you look for other guys around him, positions they might jump into? Would you be looking maybe uh, at a spot with Columbus tonight? How would you kind of break this one down with the possibility of Darlene being out? Yeah, and I think that's the key, right? So uh, shameless plug I wrote last week about the, uh, the, I coined the term the 4% club. And that means uh, these are the players, uh, the skaters in the league that I believe um, matter 4% or more to an, a team's implied win probability. And, I, and either because of the market suggesting that or my own sort of personal opinion on, the, on those players, right? And it's interesting when you look at that and you go, okay, well, like what, what does Connor McDavid 
matter to a money line? What does um, Kale McCarr, for example, is one that I'm struggling with as I continually lose money betting against the Colorado Avalanche because I'm of the belief that Kale McCarr is really good and really matters. But I guess it doesn't matter because your team is really good. And that's the point here when it comes to Rasmus Dahlin, where as much as like they have these guys who put up hat tricks every second game, Rasmus Dahlin is the most important player on the Sabres. And they are that mediocre team that doesn't have an army of guys to support what they do when a Kale McCarr is out, right? Where uh, Austin Matthews misses a month. And it's like, well, you know what? The good news is Mitch Marner, uh, you know, is on the team still. Uh, uh, Tavares is still on the team. You know, Nylander's still on the team. They're still a pretty good team. Yeah. With Darlene being out, guys like, what, third in, uh, in percentage of uh, minutes played uh, from a metric standpoint. He does all of the things for that team at a high level. And a team that, the, from a depth perce- perception standpoint, my God, like we're seeing some really random guys in, in, the, in the Sabres defensive core playing uh, some extra minutes. They're going to have to play some extra minutes. Now, obviously, the one guy who sort of stepped right behind Rasmus Dahlin is Owen Power. Well, it might be still a little early for us to be just like piling in on Owen Power as far as like number one guy, you know, having to play against the top forwards on the other team, having to play uh, power play, you know, unit one here. I don't believe he's got a power play goal all season. I think he's got like five power play assists. Not ideal. The second, third, you know, we're, we're talking about what Matthias Samuelson as you're now number two defenseman. And we can go on down the line with guys whose names I can't pronounce, but who only have like seven points all season long, despite already playing 20 minutes a game for the Sabres. And so once all those guys' minutes go up and up and up, that's where the Sabres' value goes down and down and down. And so I have Darlene at about an 8% downgrade. The way I see this money line tonight, it looks like that they've been downgraded closer to 6%. So when we're talking about minus 186, I think they're actually, you know, weirdly enough, is still a little bit of value here on the Sabres, but that, that has a lot to do with the Blue Jackets because, you know, as much as the Sabres are mediocre and this Dalene injury and all of the guys who are going to have to step up, once they start playing actual teams here, not the Columbus Blue Jackets, I don't know if you have the goaltender um, news for, for the Blue Jackets. I don't know if our boy Elvis Merzlikens is in uh, net tonight that may be an issue <laughs> certainly as i know for a lot of people who don't want anything to do with uh, betting on elvis merzlikens so you know again my numbers sort of suggest that the sabers you know you could still make a bet on them at minus 200 but with darlene because i don't know that much about the idea of him being out of the lineup they, they scored seven goals on sunday against washington like started out pretty right. good <laughs> the sort of post darlene i want to say era he might be out for like one more game here i, mean, I think he's still <laughs> kind of day-to-day but like the sabers without darlene are such a question mark that i don't really want it to be involved in any way shape or form that being said if they just end up in sort of a high scoring kind of crazy game which like the sabers aren't afraid to do anyway and if you can find an owen power prop or some of any kind of any of their defensemen really who step up in uh you know um, what Matthias Samuelson to get an assist. You know what I mean? He becomes yeah. more likely to get an assist. We're not asking a ton out of these guys, right? Owen Power to have, you know, a point of some sort of, you know, of some kind, right? If they're going to keep scoring goals because they have to play in these shootouts because they're honestly, their one really good defensive defenseman is out, then yeah, maybe the over becomes more valuable, right? It's not necessarily all about the money line here. As much as I, when I come on here, I'm talking money lines only. This, you know, this is moneylinesonly.com when I'm when I'm on the show, which is a whole weird 
a dating site you don't want to get involved in. Uh, <laughs> when, when I'm talking money lines, like, yeah, that's one thing. But if Todd were here, he'd want to probably talk about the props that are involved in this and the hole yeah. that Darlene creates and the and the possibility of some of these Sabres guys who can take advantage of that uh, of the time that they get. So keep your eye out for that. Maybe there's something there um, as the markets sort of populate. I haven't seen any Owen Power markets, only sort of the forwards right now I've seen. But honestly, even, you know, again, if we get an Elvis Merlikin situ situation, you know, Darlene's effect probably has more to do defensively than it really does offensively. And that might not necessarily be built into the total and the props. Yeah, and Todd's saying here as well, uh, when he's talking about Owen Power, he says when, he, uh, when Darlene was out last time, he yeah. hit Owen Power for assists, points, and shots, and nailed all three. Uh, Power has played 27-plus minutes both times that Darlene was out. So, yeah, looking at some of those, uh, Matt and I did look ahead of the show. I just pulled it up again and looked, and there's not nothing really there for Power. There's not a lot of books with uh, odds out for it. So keep an eye out during the course of the day to see when those things get posted. But looking at the shots and Power Play opportunities and things like that would be a good way to go. Uh, ahead of the game tonight especially as more books start and more markets start to open up on that but matt last thing i want to ask you about uh it's going to be the least sexy game on the board here tonight it is the bedard bowl between chicago and arizona tonight chicago is coming off a back-to-back -back. um as far as these two teams go arizona has been actually pretty decent at home they're kind of like the uh um, the team that's playing spoiler to some of these teams right now, especially the Eastern Conference teams, they seem to have trouble with Arizona in Arizona. Uh, but what is it that you'd be looking at in this game today, and why is this one maybe harder for you to bet on? Yeah, I mean, all the moving pieces, right? You mentioned the back-to-back the -back element for Chicago, obviously losing in Anaheim. So it's not like they're even just doing the back-to-back -back Anaheim LA thing where they get to stay in the same hotel and don't have to make any sort of drastic changes. They do obviously have to uh, take a flight to Arizona. But then you got the idea, like Jacob Chikrin, is he, has he been traded yet? What's the situation there, Zach? Like This guy, he might never get traded. He's going to be there his whole career, and every it's... year they're going to say they're going to trade him. It's been two years running now, and he's been sitting out for three weeks, like, what I was going to say, yeah, and he's not playing in these games, right? Because they're just keeping him in glass because he honestly, and it's a miniature version of the Sabres because the reason that he's so valuable is because he's so valuable to the Coyotes. And he's a great example of a guy who, if once he's removed from the Coyotes lineup, and listen, we've I've been on this show, not afraid to bet on the Coyotes, especially at home, especially yeah. at a plus, a plus price. But that's dried up over the last three weeks because Jacob Chikrin ends up at the top of a lot of metrics or very near the top of a lot of metrics for defensemen when it comes to the value on his team, right? Playing a ton of minutes, like again, being in all these high leverage situations. And it's a miniature version of the Sabres because instead of being a mediocre team and where the Sabres are mediocre and they, if they lose Darlene for any period of time, like when you're 50% on any given night to beat, you know, a, a sort of regular team, that 8% shift like that, honestly, it means between winning and losing a lot of times. But when you're Chikrin and you're that, eight, you know, an 8% shift, but you were only going to win like 20% of the time anyway, you're only sort of toggling between sort of 20 and 28%. Like it, on a night to night basis, it doesn't mean that much. But since we're making bets here and we're trying to find value, like we have to build that in. So we're building that in. We're building the back-to-back -back for Chicago. And by the way, like Patrick Kane pulled a George Costanza where he like in a high note had everybody like clapping hat tricks and scoring goals and overtime and shootouts and whatnot. Everybody's like, yeah, Patrick Kane is back. And then all of a sudden he just stopped and said, all right, good night, everybody. And then just like <laughs> left. 
he just took off Costanza style. And so like Patrick Kane two months ago, if he didn't play in a game, I would just kind of shoulder shrug because again, we're talking about a team who's going to win a hockey game like 28% of the time. And if he's there, it's maybe 30. And if he's not, it's maybe 25% of the time. But then he starts, he goes Costanza on us and he looks, you know, awesome for a brief period of time. You could even call it the Matt Russell where you just want a little bit of Matt Russell. You don't want him for an entire Tuesday show with Zach because frankly, that's probably just too much. And so, you know, he ends up taking off. Okay. He's getting the chicken treatment. And so they're probably, you know, playing around a golf in Scottsdale. They're TPC Scottsdale right now. They're taking down the, they're still taking down the stands from two weeks ago. Kane and Chikrin are out there playing. Max Homa is involved. All the, all the Scottsdale guys are playing. You're going to see an IG post at some point. <laughs> I don't know what to make of this game at this yeah. point, right? We got back-to-backs. Are Chicago tired? Did they even really try last night? What exactly went, went down in Anaheim? So, like, this game is such a mess, but it's kind of fun to think about. These are the things that we do have to think about, right? We have to realize that Jacob Chikrin might matter more than Patrick Kane as much as Patrick Kane is obviously sort of the big name. And anytime it seems like Patrick Kane feels like it, he can be the Patrick Kane of old, maybe in smaller doses, which, again, is probably why he's so attractive in the, tr- in the trade market because he's probably going to go to a team theoretically who doesn't need him to be the lead guy who he can be a second line guy who shows up once every three games and is just like looks like he did back in 2010 yeah well it'll be interesting to keep an eye on that one i'm excited for all the games tonight gonna be digging into that but we'll be digging into that after i watch the watch along with rob pizzola on the hammer hq youtube channel for the world putting league finals i believe it is match play tonight to close this thing out uh so you're gonna want to head over there you can watch with rob they'll break it all down uh talking about some of the bets that you can make some of the props some of the hole in one props that are available tucson levi's i believe is the favorite in the match match play tonight i think he's like minus 130 to take the trophy home heavy favorite for tucson levi's yeah keep your eye out for tucson levi he's like the uh Deion sanders of our generation but uh he's a backup goaltender for the la kings and jacob uh, chikrin probably... might be in that event <laughs> at this point yeah, it could be jacob chikrin and tucson levi's in the in the finals they I'm said it's trade related reasons he's at the world putting league finals uh closing this yeah. one out but you can watch that all with rob tonight at 6 20 p.m they will start it up on the hammer hq youtube so make sure to head over there Hopefully everyone enjoyed the show today. If you did, make sure to subscribe here to the Edgework HQ YouTube channel. You can like this stream, and if you missed some of it, you want to watch it back after, you can obviously do so here on the YouTube, or you can go and listen to it on all podcasting platforms, so check that out. As well, if you want to see the picks that were given out today, go to the BetStamp app. You can get that on iOS or Android. You can find us in the Find Better section as Edgework HQ, so make sure to check that out. Give us a follow on there. Matt, appreciate you doing this today. Just us grinded through. It's been a fun show, so I enjoyed it. Thank you very much. You grinded. I had the time of my life, Zach. Appreciate <laughs> yeah. it, buddy. No, it was, it was fun. It was a fun show. I look forward to seeing you next Tuesday. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you on Friday at some point during the trade deadline madness as I'll be uh, um, swimming, essentially, just on my own during that the trade trade deadline uh as we approach that so that'll be on the hammer hq as well so if anybody wants to see that uh make sure to tune in on friday but matt hopefully see you then if not i will see you on tuesday and for everyone else we'll see you back here tomorrow morning 10 30 a.m eastern time for another edition of edgework we'll see you then